you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Lieutenant, what's going on here? I made a bad call. This is all on me. I chose caution and clever tactics over a head-on attack. And my men paid the price. You mean the crash? Yes. We could see on Hollow that Reaper forces were blocking our intended path. Staying on course guaranteed heavy casualties. So I chose a safer route, skirting the enemy. And that took us low and through these ruins. When we encountered resistance, there was no room to maneuver. Suddenly, we were in a fight for our lives. A lot of my men lost that fight. Owning your mistake takes guts. But you have to get over it and move on. Of course. It's just fresh right now. Our mission's still a failure. When we've stabilized the injured, we'll head back to the fleet. You're abandoning your mission? We're down over 30 men. It'd be suicide. What exactly did you come here to do? There's a bomb on the planet. We were sent to defuse it. A bomb? How big? Enormous. Cerberus has it. Hello and welcome to Squad Goals, a Mass Effect Legendary Edition podcast, where we're discussing our experiences playing through the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. My name is Nick Zelenkevich, and I'm joined by Chip Locke. Howdy, Space Cowboys. And Corey Kurabara Treadway. Great from space. And this is episode number 49. And we're going to Tuchanka. Let's just get the out with it, be forthright here. There are a handful of missions to do on Tuchanka that lead to what I would consider to be a very awesome finale that we will get to in time. Um, yeah. And I'm very excited. I've been wanting to talk about this since I, I played through that part. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe they did that. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I don't want to get ahead of myself. We'll get yeah. to that. I like, I like going to Tuchanka. Very nice this time of year. Very sunny. Very radiated and messy. It feels like it's sunny at all times of year because the like there's just like smog and dust in this atmosphere that like the light lingers and bounces around and it probably isn't the greatest place to be like breathing in the air naturally. It's just everyday Detroit, you know. (laughs) Wow. Poor Detroit. They would agree with me too, is the sad part. I mean, I'm not. I'm not gonna correct the record here. I don't think you're wrong. I just think that's a shame. <laughs> now I wonder if, like Tuchanka, had previously had like a bustling automotive industry at one point. Uh, probably they did until they, you know, nuked it. <laughs> I mean, remember we, we we had met one of their mechanics in the last game. So that's true. That's true. But he was doing a good job. I mean, you know, the the the, the little transport module thing. It only bounced around a little bit. Not quite. Not quite Mako levels. Hmm. He did good with that really reduced supply chain they have. <laughs> supply chain, that's a little <laughs> that's a little too current. Makes <laughs> <laughs> uh, everywhere feel like uh, Tuchanko when you put it that way. Yeah, it's I, I got so many supply chain issues. It's got my local Starbucks closed down and everybody's Ooh, angry. Geez. Wow. So well speaking of stars and, and planets that orbit <laughs> stars. <laughs> okay. I'll allow it. <laughs> that wasn't strained at all. Some bugs for those stars. <laughs> now let's let's go ahead and uh, let's start off with uh, well, Victus. It, it it all starts off with Victus. He he, you know, he goes to Shepard, or Shepard goes to him, and Victus says, "Hey, there's a Turian ship that crashed on Tuchanka. We'd rather not let the Krogans know about this, but they need some help." So if you just go and on the lowdown, just go help him out, you know, and it, it'd be awesome. And by the way, the 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 guy leading the mission, he's my son. Mm-hmm. So let's Victus hear Jr. about Victus Junior, right? So let's hear about what happens when Shepard goes to Tuchanka to help out Victus Junior. Cortez drops the shuttle down a bit away from the Turian crash site to keep the Reapers unaware of their presence. Shepard radios Lieutenant Victus, who says he is pinned by harvesters. He shoots a flare so Shepard can track him. Shepard and team proceed towards Victus's site, fighting husks, marauders, some harvesters, and even a brute along the way. They find an escape pod and help the survivors and continue on. 
Finally, they locate Victus and his men. His men are yelling at him over his failure. Victus admits to Shepard they crashed because he had them flying on a low route with little maneuverability. Victus says he just wants to get to survivors and head home with the mission of failure. But Shepard chastises him and gets him to motivate his men either through honor or aggression. Victus tells Shepard that the reason they are on Tuchanka is because they are there to disarm a massive bomb the Turians planted years ago after the Krogan Rebellion. So, the one question that I had going through this, there's a lot of Harvesters. Mm -hmm. Was it the same Harvester every time? Or was it different ones that, like, we kept shooting at? Because, like, I, 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 the first time I went through this, I thought... It was the same harvester, kept coming back, just kept moving on down the line or whatever. And then as I was looking at it, I was like, maybe it's different ones because, like, the health it comes back with full health. Like, I assume it's not regenerating somewhere. Maybe we're just – because you don't – can you kill the harvesters? No. No. Not well, here. Yeah. Like, in this mission, it shows up, harasses you for – I'm pretty sure it's meant to be, like, the same one. Like, it's meant to be this kind of big bad uh, that's, like, harassing you through the whole whole mission, but you can never yeah. quite stomp. And I think they they have a little bit of repair repair protocols on the on the harvesters that like get them back to full health, so not too surprising. And if I remember correctly, I think these harvesters are the ones that are like they are they're not full sentient reapers; they're like remote controlled by the actual reapers. Yeah, I think that's right. Well, it's isn't that how like all lesser beings work? Like the husks and the marauders and the like; they're all kind of controlled by the reapers. Like nothing, nothing has its own mind at this point. It's all absorbed into the yeah, right. Well, it's, it's more like they, that, they, like they 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 look large enough they could be their own reaper, but then like later I was like, oh wait, this is actually just a a drone. No, they're just a larger drone. Yeah, I think also, each reaper is like independent, and they have some sort of collective consensus amongst themselves. Uh, but then like within the reaper, like the other things it controls are part of that. Like hive, I think it's like a Borg, like you know. Each well, that's a bad analogy, but yeah, I mean, I think each Reaper is kind of like a Borg collective, like with its uh, husks and, and other stuff. Which, I mean, the husks they they I guess you know they're supposed to be like the zombie analog, and they seem pretty mindless. Like they like they don't really like they they just kind of charge. They don't they have a basic understanding of like maybe who the enemy, but even then they really don't. They just kind of run around aimlessly. And they just terrorize anything in the area. They don't seem like they... Yeah, they just use the power of numbers because they're not uh, on their own. Not very tough. But if they get you to a corner, they will murder you. But like the other, like the collectors, for example, or, you know, like I said, the marauders or the, the cannibals and the brutes. Mm -hmm. They seem like they have some kind of understanding, like they can work in concert. Well, the brutes, they kind of seem a little bit mindless. I was going to say, not the brutes. Those seem kind of like not... Yeah. not. <laughs> If if, uh, if if the husks are zombies, like the brutes are like the Hulk, like they're just the mindless rampage running around smashing just, you know, a, a zombie amped up, you know, to do even more destruction. Uh, but like the like the, like I said, the marauders, the, the collectors, they definitely operate in some sort of framework. They have the capacity to on some level analyze a battlefield and yeah. then be tactical about it. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're like what, like, like lieutenant units, or I guess, stuff like that. Just so it keeps keeps the forces like organized a little bit, but they don't have full autonomy. Mm -hmm. So I, I guess my question here is: Does that speak to the underlying physiology of the races that were used to uh, become those? Like, is there something like that makes Turians better at being commanded by the Reapers, and the same thing would go for the the Protheans? Whereas for humans, they're just like, yeah, we're just gonna rip your brain out. It does nothing for us. Probably. I, I think so. I think the game even kind of hints at this, right? Like you have the, the different, yeah, like uh, husks. For, well, I mean, humans, yeah, they, they turn them into husks just because it's like, eh, here's sort of a non, not specifically good at, at anything body. Um, oh, I and then like they make uh, banshees out of Asari because they, they have all the biotics and stuff like that. So I think I think the physiology comes into play for sure. Yeah, I think it's mostly physiology, not like the mental or who's like better because like Oh yeah, Turian's bodies themselves are like are like a little more durable, a little harder. Where humans are like, I think what they were, were seeing like early series, like they're very adaptable. They have a lot of like differences and variances. So right. they're like, oh, we just they use this like pieces and fuses together. It's like where a lot of the units are made out of are like fused together versions of husks into larger scions and everything else. 
That's true. Besides yeah. the brute, the brute that's made out of like the Kroger and the Turian, most of the other ones you don't see them fused together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, you think about like even like the pra- the Praetorian was it? Which mm-hmm. uh, you know they they throw all the skulls in there and everything. Like, I guess that's something to be said about like you know like like what's sort of the greatest advantage of like human physiology is like it's our adaptability in the sense that like oh like you know like we we can't survive the cold but we can throw on a coat to survive the cold. But when you're just looking at like raw genetic material to play with, that really doesn't leave you much from a, you know, from a Reaper standpoint. Like at least the Turians, they have some kind of you know, sure bulk to them. Uh, you know, they at least got the little frills that can kind of like spread out a little bit and, and make, make them look extra menacing. <laughs> they got the extra throat frills. Right. <laughs> extra frills. Ugh. Sorry, just the way you said it was just funny. It just yeah, funny. no. But uh, so, it, it would be kind of scary though if they did do that with the other like. Have some kind of like Voltron like thing out of a Krogan. <laughs> <laughs> that yikes. Yeah. You know, well, if if you think about it, Shepard's team is kind of like uh, you know, it's it's a Voltron in a sense that, you know, you have different races that all come together to work, you know, to work together as a unit. And so, yeah, the big bad should then be let's actually assemble them all together into one crazy <laughs> mishmash, you know, like devastator or something that uh Right. I mean, that's just... kind of like the human reaper, right? Like, I feel like they, they do sort of seem to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It seems the only advantage they have using humans is just the number that they can just take yeah. a whole bunch of them and, you know, make your, uh, your scion or your praetorian or, you know, if you get enough of them and you goo them down, you have your raw materials for a reaper there that, yeah. Where's like the Volus, uh, reapers and like the Elcor reapers. <laughs> that's what I want to see. Elcor, I can see is pretty cool reaper. The Volus, you know. Yeah, I don't know. They're they're I mean, they're, again, the, they're the they're the glue that holds together the Praetorian and the Scion. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, maybe they are. You could like kind of squish them together or something. I don't know. I'm just trying to imagine like a like a an, a Reaper that sounds like depressed Eeyore, like his own core. <laughs> just like, <laughs> like, why does that Reaper always have to tell us its emotion before it talks? <laughs> Condescending threat. <laughs> <laughs> With bloodlust. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah. So harvester, <laughs> harvester <laughs> yes. chases you around. Uh, it is satisfying. I like the the setup where you do eventually, you know, get to take down uh, baby's first harvester, uh, and it it is a good setup for that. So I think that this mission works well in that regard. Well, we get to take yeah. down with a little help from our friend. Well, yeah, yeah, because it's. The, fir- the first time you're playing through this, it's just frustrating because, like, I mean, this is, I feel like this mission is very well laid out from a, a combat perspective. Like, you come in and around the one part, you, you kind of come around a corner, and then there's, like, you can see there's, like, a clear field with, like, trenches and cover spots. And then you got, a, you know, you got your marauders and I think a few husks moving in. And then there's a brute that comes out of nowhere that you got to then, well, mm-hmm. actually, I shouldn't say comes out of nowhere. You can see it coming across the field. Hard to miss. And so... You've got to, you know, you've got to be very tactical. I, I know I died several times trying to get through this here because I, I would overextend myself was the problem. I'd yep. be like, oh, let me go over here. And then before you know it, now they're behind you. And then the brute is just wrecking havoc. And or you might take the brute down, but then you left too many of the marauders up and the husks are running. And it's yeah. It, it. And then once you get through that, you get far enough onto the field. Then you start taking fire from the harvester. And so, yeah, so it's uh, I think they did a good job with the combat here that they made it. I think just the right level of challenging and yeah. annoying without like, I think if it's like I died one more time, I would have been like, no, it's too hard. <laughs> I died the right number of times. Yeah. I'm trying to remember if I died the first time I did it. I'm sure I did. I probably did the same thing as you, Nick, and like stuck my ass too far out and just got it handed to me. Um, I, I know I that harvester, like whenever, it, yeah, <laughs> whenever that harvester shows up, like you really got to use the cover system pretty judiciously. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. those the those like fireballs that it shoots, they don't they hurt. Yeah, that, that's where I kind of got myself screwed up. I was trying to get into cover, and for some reason, like, once again, I got myself stuck, and everyone else keeps shooting me because I couldn't wasn't going into cover. I'm like, I'm gonna die. I have to replay this again. Please get I, behind the cover. This is like where my vanguard build really shines. I had no problems with this in in this playthrough because it was I was just hopping from like guy to guy and. And novaing them and then just moving along to the next. And like, it did not matter that I was sticking out. 
Yeah, that's what I was trying to do. I just didn't do it right. <laughs> it's, I mean, it is a high-risk strategy. Like, I think if I was playing on a harder difficulty, the game would probably punish me a lot more for the times. There was a, I think in the Leviathan DLC, which we'll talk about later, but there was definitely a time somewhere where I, I should have gotten it handed to me and barely scraped by. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we get to the Leviathan yeah. DLC. Yeah. Because there's... Yeah. But yeah, if you... If you don't have somewhere to go, like, and you're just out there and there's, like, enough dudes, like, they will kill you. Hopefully. Hopefully. But let's... So let's get into Lieutenant Victus, Victus Jr. Um, because basically, like, you find him and he's... I don't want to say he's a mess, but he's not doing well as a leader. No, he sucks. He's kind of just not very good at his job. And he, like, admits it. He even says, like... Uh, I'm bad at this, basically, like outright to you. Yeah, it's one of those, um, what's what's that word for when his family gets bringing into a job? They're not nepotism. Yeah. That's the word, nepotism. Yeah, this this really feels like a lot of nepotism, and and it's just like, man, you are not good. You did a bad job, dude. Like, and his troops hate him, so it seems bad. Yeah. But the good news is that Shepard's there who can always find the right words, whether you're Paragon or Renegade, to inspire anyone. And then you can kind of kick him in the butt and be like, hey, man, just, just you know, inspire your troops and, and get him to, like, give a little speech to, to cheer everybody up. Mm -hmm. Just just a couple. Yeah. Like, get, him, get, your, get your people together. At least try and act like a leader briefly. Which, yeah, it does work. It does Please work. Please stop sucking. Yeah. yeah. It also... Why was like he just he sucks so bad? Like, why was he brought up on this mission? Like, you feel like this was like a mission you wouldn't want to put someone who might screw it up. I mean, I think you know nepotism exists in all societies, right? The, I guess the question becomes who assigned him to this mission because it could because it could be one of those things where either somebody was trying to get on uh, General Victus's good side and be like, oh, I'll put your son in this mission, and then you'll look favorably on me. Not thinking like, oh, I'm going to put your son in this mission and it's all going to go south because he's not at all prepared for this. Right. Or, you know, like, I, I hate to think like Victus put him on this mission. Think, oh, no, my boy can handle this. My boy can handle anything. And then like, oh, no, no, you, no, he can't, dad. <laughs> or was it one of those, we are so low on forces now that I have to put my son on here, even it though he's be, probably not qualified. It's probably a mix, right? Because like, I'm sure Victus, part of the reason he put him on this mission is because of the rather sensitive nature i think he even says this right like i feel like he comes out and says yeah so uh and you find out i believe in the course of this mission there's a bomb like a really big bomb on tuchanka that, that and that's why the kid is down there uh yeah and i think victus put is, him on it because he's like i need somebody together? i can trust did victus send him knowing like oh like <laughs> maybe you'll blow up the bomb and you're my least favorite kid so i <laughs> Don't think so. <laughs> wow, that's that's cold. Jeez, it's dark. I don't know. For some reason, it's Bob. It's like, you just give the, the the regular survivor a call like, hey, out of the Bob. Do you want to try defusing it this time? Well, so before we go on here, um, is there anything else to say about this mission? I mean, it's a pretty straightforward mission. You get there. It's pretty in and out, honestly. Yeah. You hear some messages, you know, from, from uh, the, the ship that landed there. You get some, you find some of the escape pods. You get them out and going you dodge some fireballs from harvester and then you find victus and tell him not to you know to, to man up a little bit so let's go ahead then so so the next mission in the saga on tuchanka let's go ahead and get into that now here um there's a cannon that cerberus has taken over that yeah we need to go and liberate and then you know, not, not just liberate because they'll stop shooting at our ships, but then also we can shoot at their ships. So let's hear about what happens when we go to take out the Cerberus cannon. Cerberus has taken control of a massive cannon on Tuchanka. There is a Cerberus cruiser inbound, and the cannon is clearing a path for the cruiser to land with an invasion force. Shepard and team must fight Cerberus to claim the cannon controls, but before they do, Cerberus cuts power to the facility. Shepard and team then must fight through the troops to get to the first circuit breaker and then the second circuit breaker to turn the power back on. They then return back to the controls and use the cannon to blow up the Cerberus cruiser. So this is really another straight in and out mission. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because I kind of forget this mission exists. This is really like, I feel like this mission has no reason to exist. Like it is, 
absolute padding and filler. It well, it, it, it's interesting only in the sense that like there's definitely a progression here as far as you know you like the crash that we just talked about. We're going to talk about the bomb mission in a moment. Yeah, and and you know and they're, they're, it's all building up to a major climax here on Tuchanka with the shroud. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this mission kind of doesn't like it, it, if anything, this should have been the first mission because. You have to, you know, like you have to take out the cannon, even then, to, to you know, to do any further operations on Tuchanka. Um, so yeah, it's a little odd, and also too, like what, what, where are the Krogans? Like, why can't the Krogans take, you know, keep their own cannon? Why is Cerberus here? What, what is the Cerberus like motivation for doing any of this? It's, it's baffling to me. Um, yeah, actually, that's a good question. Why is Cerberus here? Yeah. Besides- just be like, hey, guys, we need another villain that's not the Reapers. Right. I mean, it feels like it. I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember. Like, I don't I'm trying to remember if the game literally even gives you uh, a narrative reason for like, you know, at least a flimsy. They could flimsy find a blood reason. pack to do something, I guess. Yeah, because. Yeah, I mean, it, it, at this point, it's almost like mustache twirling. Like Cerberus is just evil and they're just taking over cannons. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's canon. That's true. Sorry. <sighs> oh. Well, I guess from Cerberus's perspective, they would think like, well, we can use the cannon better than the Alliance, but then well, like, well, what are they using it for? Is my right, like, right? Like, I get, I get it. Like the cannon, they have control, so you can they can shoot at their our cruisers, but why to let the easier time for the Reapers to get? Uh, I. Right. Like, what are they? Why are they interested in Tuchanka? Like, I, that's just I just don't get it. Maybe I'm just I'm just yeah. not remembering right now what that's what they want with Tuchanka. Hey, Google, what is Chivers? What was Tuchanka? I mean, I'm looking it up like I'm looking up the there's no rationale given. It's just like, yeah, Cerberus took over an old military installation on Tuchanka. Oh, it even says in the summary for unknown reasons. Yeah. yeah. Why? Yeah. yeah, it, yeah. It, anyway. Maybe this was supposed to set something else up, and oh, unlike well, well, this yeah, I don't is know. this is an N seven. Like this is okay. I, that's why I don't really. This isn't like this is absolutely a side mission. It's not considered, you know, like part of the main path. So like the bomb definitely is. I, I yes. feel like, and this is this is just like, hey, Cerberus, bad, go fight them. This is another multiplayer map. I think. That's probably that makes sense actually. Now that you mentioned that, I can see how that would work. Because yeah, this is like yeah. a this is one of those N seven like five minute. If you played as much of the multi as I did at one point, it's it's these are like five minutes long. I feel like you just go in, you wipe out all the Cerberus, you leave. Like okay, whatever. There's, there's another mission that I just did, and I think it was one of those N seven missions. Because again, yeah, it was like you went off, you did this thing all by itself. Yeah. There was no greater purpose to it. And now that you mention it, right. I'm yeah. like, Oh, actually no, it, that felt like that was a multiplayer map. It is, like, a, okay, it, so that, it is a multiplayer map. It's, it's Firebase giant. Uh, That's right. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. So that so helps. Wow. That helps. Like, yeah. Cause I was sitting here like, yeah, why is Cerberus any of this? And it's like, it's just, it, it, I, the game is just like, go fight Cerberus somewhere. I don't know. Okay. We made these maps. Please use them. That's what I was going to say. So all they did was they just wanted to put the multiplayer maps into the game. They're like, we yes. might as well throw them in somewhere. Because I, I guess as far as the multiplayer being at all canonical, um, not to riff on your pun, Kura. But <laughs> and yet. Gonna, no, but like like the those maps need to exist somewhere. They need to actually physically be. Yeah. You know, you know, and, and I think even I mean, Destiny doesn't quite do it the same way, but they at least tell you like, oh, no, this map exists on a given planet. And it fits the theme of, of of that planet, even if you can't actually go there in the game, you at least know roughly where it would be. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think, I think it, there's so. some missions they they have you like you sometimes go on multiplayer maps for certain things, but it's like but a different kind of yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay, cool. I okay. Right. To so yeah, I think I think that's kind of all we really are going to have to say about this one. It feels like you know, yeah. So we get yeah. the cannon. Hack it's happy. Hack yep. it gives us a. Hologram high five. Yep. Yeah, I just I kind of like I I do appreciate them bringing the maps, like putting them into the game. That part's not a problem. It just I don't appreciate the half-ass attempt of making it fit. Right. Like, Cerberus doing evil things. What mm, unknown? Who cares? Shoot things. Well, I get. I, I don't. I'm trying to think. Like, what else could they have done? Like, I guess like they could have made it like oh, like a rival Krogan clan is taking over the cannon and we have to get it back so you know 
like we have to reclaim it for the main Krogan forces, so they'll use it properly. They I could mean, just head Reapers. They could just head Reaper forces. It's already being yeah. attacked by Reapers. Could literally have more Reapers attack. Yeah, That's but true. you know, if they did that for everything, then you would say, "Wow, the enemy variety in this game isn't good." And I will say that, like, the well, Cerberus enemies are fun to fight against. I, I think yeah. they're they're built well. So I, yeah. I do need I do need to shoot some more guys with the shields to get the 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 mail slot achievement. But there you go. Oh, there's an achievement for hitting them through like the little. Yep. If you, I, oh, think, nice. I think it's like a hundred of them you shoot, and you get a thing called mail slot. Nice. That was really fun on uh, when I played whatever the sniper class is that I'm failing to remember. Infiltrator. Uh, that was a really fun achievement to get. Well, also it was funny because the achievement told me like, wait, I can, sh- I can actually shoot him through the mail slot? Oh, okay. That's a lot easier yeah. than what I've been doing this entire time. Oh, If you don't have pull, it's very annoying. Yes. Yeah, because I, I try to hit him with shockwave and that doesn't always work. No. Uh, I originally tried to Part of just- it is, I feel like Shockwave, it looks like it has a broader impact range than it actually does. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, no, it's like if you're not like dead on hitting a target and that's a problem because like you'll have like enemies lined up and you're like, oh, if I do this and it's like they're not actually lined up and you can kind of just miss all of them if you're not or you might hit one and you'll miss the other two. Like, yeah, it's 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 way cooler in theory. I remember because I'm I mean. You know, we've we've played plenty of games that have like a, a like a wave base. That I think of uh, like the the, the smash was it like the the smash that like the Diablo three barbarian used to do. Oh yeah, still still does like that. So that that's what I'm doing in my mind, and it's like no, it's like a very narrow. It's a line. Like, it's um, not a cone. Uh, yeah, I think the thing no. is, you want it to be conal. It feels like it should be. It feel like it looks kind of like it should be, and it's yeah. not. No, they're like no, nah, my ship blocks your powers because it just does. Uh, one yeah. thing I keep trying to do, these guys, I keep trying to throw like before I did the just shooting through the the visor. Just I just have I have my put my little uh, gravity grenades to try to throw at them, mm. which is fine. Except for some reason, I notice this game likes to throw the grenade, but by the time it gets there and explodes, they're like twenty feet away from the grenade, and there's no one no no one even close to the radius. So it's like cool, wasted that grenade. You gotta you gotta shoot where they're gonna be, not where they are. <laughs> <laughs> Which would make sense if I could actually do that with these grenades, and they don't just oh, yeah. go to where the where the enemy currently is. <laughs> Might have complained about the grenades in this game are terrible. I never use them. I probably because they're bad. That's funny. There was, I think there was one mission where I had to use them, and I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> they make you use them in Mass Effect One uh, for some stuff. Like I know the. The thing with the the Thorian, you got to use them. And there's a couple oh, other yeah, times yeah. where but, the game's yeah. really like. But those ones you have con- you have control of them though. Those you throw yes. and you hit them again, you can make them explode. Yep. Grenades in three, because I got rid of grenades in two, is you toss them, and they go to where the enemy currently is. Mm-hmm. But you have no control of that really. I think they're mostly useful for enemies in cover. I feel like. Yeah. That's- yeah. Well, sometimes. Yeah, because you. I mean, that's how they use them on you is like they throw the grenade yeah. at you and then they tr- they're they just trying to flush you out so that you can get, you know, you're running th- running and can get hit. Which so is kind of these yeah. shield bastards don't do because they have walking cover. Right. Yeah, or you'd be like my mine where I throw the grenade. It gets it goes the cover. But for some reason, it doesn't hit them because reasons the grenade yeah. is definitely they're They're definitely in the radius. It's like, sorry, the wall that's past them blocks the takes the damage. I'm not saying the grenades in this game are good by any stretch. I just, but yeah. Anyways, sorry about that. Small rant. <laughs> All right. Well, that said, so yeah, so we we get the cannon from Cerberus. We can now shoot at Reapers. Hooray! And Cerberus isn't shooting at us, so also hooray. So let's move on. Let's get back to the tale of Victus Junior, and uh, let's hear about what happens when we return to Tuchanka for the third time to take care of the Krogan bomb. Or the Turian bomb. Shepard radios Lieutenant Victus, who is approaching the bomb site. Cortez drops Shepard and team right into combat. They fight through the Krogan runes. Victus radios that he is taking heavy fire, and then radios again that Cerberus chatter indicates they are preparing for an evacuation, which is not a good sign. Shepard meets up with Victus at the control station. Victus works the controls while Shepard and team hold off Cerberus. Victus eventually realizes the arming mechanism is stuck, and climbs up to the bomb to manually disable it. He climbs around onto the side of one of the crane legs and yanks out the mechanism, but in doing so, falls to his death. 
The trigger drops and there is a small explosion in the crater beneath the bomb, but the bomb itself is now intact and inert. Back on the shuttle, Shepard is rattled by Lieutenant Victus's death. On the Normandy, Hackett is satisfied that this should help the krogan Turian tensions, but Shepard has to shout down Rex and Primarch Victus from bickering. Primarch shares that he is proud his son died with honor. So did Victus die a hero's death? Yeah. Yeah, he did. I mean, he definitely makes a good sacrifice here. I, I think that, that's worked for me. I was thinking about that earlier and I was sort of like, you know, is it, does it feel, I mean, it feels sort of hackneyed, but I, it worked. I felt like. My favorite part is when he's up on the platform standing at the little console and then the snipers show up and they start picking off the other Turians mm-hmm. and Shepard's like, okay, like, we'll, you know, then you have to get down and keep everybody off of him. And it's like, how are they not picking Victus, he's literally just standing at a computer console, like not even making it, like trying to die. Well, you forget that Victus at this moment has plot armor, so. Very true. Very true. But also, it's like, whenever we send anybody into a console that's not us, they manage to uh, almost screw it up. Or everybody dies. There is a fair number of, you know, somebody's at a console. Sometimes it's a member of your crew. Sometimes it's an extra NPC that you came along and yeah, you have to protect them while you, you know, while they're typing away at the console. Um, that does seem to happen a lot in this game. Oh wow! If you don't do this, uh, Eve dies. Really? What? Yeah. Uh, if if Eve survives the the Tuchanka like main mission, uh, which we've got coming up, uh, if you don't, you you lose three hundred uh, war asset points. Um, and yeah, Eve dies. <laughs> So wow, wait, we should wait. really defuse this bomb, I guess. I guess, wow. I guess she's in the blast radius somehow. I, I mean, it says that it takes out a significant uh, portion of the Krogan population. This is a hell of a bomb. I guess that's kind of the point, huh? Well, that's what I was kind of got because you know, in pre-show we were talking and you mentioned that like you have a timer to do this mission because yep. after you learn like, oh, hey, there's a bomb. Obviously, that bomb is going to explode at some point if you don't take care of it. And you can't just be like, well, let me go and, you know, let me let me go hang out on the Citadel and then uh, maybe do some pointless missions that are uh, based on the multiplayer map. Like, no, you need to you need to get this done in, in fairly short order because that bomb mm-hmm. does have a, a half-life. Oh, how the heck? Okay. Um, so if you uh, now have, have you ever... Uh, have you ever on a playthrough actually not done this just to let no. the bomb blow up, like to see what happens? No, I've watched YouTube videos. I've let other people do that for me. <laughs> um, here's the other I thing. This is another. You wait, really? Hmm? Oh, you. Oh, sorry. I thought you said you did fail on purpose. Um, the, the, this is another case of why is Cerberus here? What are they doing? Uh, apparently they are here to be annoying. Like, ooh, Shepard's here. Let's bother him. Bother, bother, bother. They're, they're, they're here to get revenge for us stealing their cannon back. Oh, that's fair. God damn it, Nick. <laughs> you took our shooty thing. We want him to shoot you now. All right. You know what? Asked and answered. <laughs> I guess I guess you, there, it does seem the servers has some sort of overriding interest in Tuchanka in general. And it's interesting, too, but it doesn't seem yeah. like they're whatever they're doing. And uh, for obvious reasons, I would think they're not actually like fighting the Krogan. <laughs> right. Like, they're just like, we've got these objectives on Tuchanka that involve us avoiding the Krogan as much as possible. But we still need to complete these objectives and we want your cannon and we, there's this bomb and Maybe from their perspective, especially if they know that Shepard's working to bring the Krogan into the Alliance, Alliance, um, then, you know, for them, like the, the Krogan becomes something that needs to be taken out. And so, yeah, if this bomb blows up and takes out the Krogan, that helps their objective. Plus, they're they're kind you know, they're space racists anyway. Like, is, they're going to. Yeah. They don't want the Krogan. Uh, to, maybe they found something cool they can give the hum- give the humans to make them better with their Reaper tech. I don't know. They'll give the humans a big hump on their back with a copy yeah. of every organ. <laughs> Sounds convenient and triple not organs. Not like a Victorian era novel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I guess they're just pot stirrers. I mean, I, and that's that's sort of what they're doing. Uh, I don't know. It, it just like Cerberus's motivation in this game feels slightly incoherent to me yeah well, i guess they have a small problem in this game whereas like the last few ones you could just rain like 
Who's the bad guy? Uh, random evil mercenary group. Not not so much in this one since a lot of them are now yeah working working for us because of Arya. But it's true. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I mean, if, I mean, if you look at Cerberus's arc thus far, and I say this as someone who has still not completed the game, mind you. Um, you know, like in the first game, they're kind of like mysterious organization with really messed up science experiments that you kind of need to like take out and presumably you do take them out except you find out that you didn't in the second game they're slightly more noble with a bad reputation and hey they actually like resurrected shepherd and so you're gonna work with them and it's like okay like you begrudgingly work with them until the end when they're like yeah you know it it almost has like their their like uh like emperor moment like you know join me and we can rule the galaxy kind of thing and you're like no 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 we're not we're not playing that game and we're gonna blow up the the base here which um you know so you don't get any of the tech and now in the third game like it's you know presumably they're still trying to fight the reapers it seems although we never see them in any capacity like that like it'd be cool at least if there was one point and maybe there is and i don't know it where you get into a fight where it's like you've got cerberus forces and you've got reaper forces and the question is like do you work together to take out the reaper forces or presumably you'd still have to take out the cerberus forces anyway like um well i think they or you find it i think hmm? i think they're like they don't really want to fight the reapers because they're just trying to like just take use the reapers well yes but at the same time like you have to fight them a little bit because the reapers are trying to fight you (laughs) right that's what that's where their motivations don't make sense because it is like curry you're right like spot on they they their goal is to like take control of reapers right like that's that's Mm -hmm. been their goal since game two but yeah like to nick's point you don't get to control a thing that has destroyed you like you've got a i don't know it does, it feels poorly thought out. I'll say that. Like I was, I was listening to an interview with an activist uh, over the weekend, and he was making the point that he's like, you know, like as an activist, like you have like very lofty goals, like oh no, we need to like completely eradicate this policy, or we need to completely change this policy. But that's a long term goal. It's not you know easier said than done. Like so, I advocate for even like smaller incremental policies because like I need you to at least like stay alive so that we can make, you know, so you're here when we get that long-term goal done. And like Cerberus very much feels like they're focused on the long-term goal. Like, Hey, let's take over the Reapers without thinking like, yeah, but if the Reapers just obliterate everybody, then there's nobody to take over. The other thing about too, is like, I feel like the elusive man a little bit, like he's sitting there and he's like, you know how, because we've talked about this before, like how many cycles have the Reapers gone through that they've been doing this, that we're aware of, like, hundreds right like 700 or something i think we said the number was i don't know maybe we made that up but like clearly like the reapers have been doing this a very long time and i feel like the elusive man is like you know what nobody in those 700 cycles ever had the thought what if we took over the reapers what if we could control them like nobody that's why all the other societies got wiped out they never had this thought they didn't have the same you know mental clarity that the elusive man had so that that's their problem yeah. we're gonna fix it on this cycle like there's a little I guess, to say yeah. The, yeah yeah like there's a hubris to the elusive man oh yes that i mean it's, it's obvious from when you meet him and he's got his own little drink and cigar yeah. and whatnot that, but yeah, he's to be on his own supply yeah, but to be fair, we're also trying to beat the Reapers, whereas many others have just not even done anything to stop the Reapers. So, you know, it's not too, it's like, is it just as crazy to think we can control them as we try to destroy them? I don't know. The, I mean, to be fair, I mean, we have the luxury, and I guess I use that term very loosely, but I, technically, I guess it is a luxury that, you know, Shepard was able to figure out like the reapers were coming before they came so you know if you think about the other cycles and, and you know to say you know th- again there's been so many instances of the reapers doing this like to sit there and think like is it possible there was an, an iteration where again like they had warning and they figured out you know hey the reapers are coming we should be ready and the reapers still came and wiped them out anyway or are we the first one in a long line? Because we at least were able to build on the work that the re- the Protheans left to be like, oh hey, like there's trouble coming, and, and admittedly we barely figured it out in time. Yeah, <laughs> like technically we 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 didn't even really figure it out in time. And in, in so far as uh, the only reason we were able is because the Protheans messed up the the keepers. So you know, so we were kind of we had extra time in that regard, and and it was you know. Saren tipped everybody's hand, but yeah. I also think we also have the, the hindsight, like we know this is a video game, so we're like, we're gonna win in the end somehow, or we imagine yeah. we will. 
Yeah. Which is like in the reality, if you're thinking about the situation, you're like, you have no idea. Even with those delays, you're like, giant sentient machine uh, ships. Awesome. Millions of them. <laughs> hmm. Right. They just smashed the most powerful fleet in the galaxy. We got this. Yeah. 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 I, that, I mean, that's, that's what I don't understand is like, we're checking in with um, Anderson throughout the game and every time we ask him, like, how's it going? He's like, oh, it's it's not going great. <laughs> like, you know, we're, we're, we're barely holding it together. But, like, just the fact that they're holding it together at all is a testament to, like, is the, you know, their ability to survive. But even then, like, the problem there is just, like, for as numerous and as, like, you know, like, omnipotent as the Reapers are, like, they cannot physically be everywhere. So, sure. like, yeah. So, like, you know, you can stay ahead of them. You can keep finding little, you know, foxholes to hide in. Um, you know, a, it gets more difficult as you go along, but right, yeah. also, it's also a word really attrition, right? Yeah, we yeah. also don't know if we actually are doing well, or the Reapers are just taking their time and not giving a shit because they have uh, all the time to wipe us out and slowly harvest us. Yep, right. Yeah, like a three hundred year war to a Reaper is like, meh, it's fine, right? And that's, and I mean, we even see that with Javik. That I mean, their their fight against the Reapers went on long enough that he was born, mm-hmm. you know, got into the military, became uh, you know commander, and then you know got stuck in stasis. But you know, he yeah he had a you know a life you know uh, that all that happened within the within the time frame of their war, right? So yeah, I mean, you know, you know, this is the kind of thing where I mean, you know, you you figure at this point now. I mean, we've been playing the game probably what, like we're about fifteen hours into the game, maybe. But you figure in like actual like time in the game, that's maybe a week or two. Yeah, yeah. If I, I mean, you know, so so this is still very early in the chessboard, and already the Reapers. I mean, you go onto the galactic map; they're all they've got a good like lower third, lower half of the map, even that they the, they're at least active in. Like you can still get to the planets in there, and they have time to chase little, your ship if you super scan too much. Oh, that's always fun. I've been getting a lot more more frisky with that, where it's like, oh, uh, I, I pissed off the Reapers. Can I get to the objective and actually get into the little, get into the little thing and hit the space bar and and, and uh, you know check it out before they get me? They haven't got me yet. Well, it's been close though. It's been real close. It's really close when you forget to refuel. Oh, oh. <laughs> Can I just say the one thing that has irritated me about that mini game now that I've done a bit more of it is that. There are too many times when you go to a system and you know it says like, oh, you're like 37% of whatever's here. And so you're going around, you, you know, piss off the Reapers, you find whatever's there, and it's a busted fuel tanker. Yep. And so then you get like 200 fuel points back and either either you just filled up getting out there so you don't use all the 200 fuel points or maybe it was so far out that, yeah, you needed it because you're going to use it on the way back. But it's like, why did like that? That feels like the worst possible reward. Like, like I, 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 well, I do not enjoy getting fuel at all. Do, it do, never feels like it's what I needed. There's one of them in almost every system, and yeah, I agree with you. Like a lot of times, it's like here's 400 fuel. It's like, bro, I'm at 900 out of a thousand. Well, like, yeah. I don't also, you notice there's this. a there's a lot less fuel stations on this game than there was the last yes. one. I guess. Yes. The, I guess the Reapers took out a lot of the fuel stations, but that would make sense. Well, you you said supply chain issues. So yeah, supply, there's a, some serious supply chain issues with fuels. So, see, now that's the thing that's missing is that the 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 price of gas for your space credits should have gone up. <laughs> space inflation. Um, <laughs> I think it did actually. I think they are more expensive this game. Oh, there you go. Uh, I had to check. Uh, you definitely lose uh, if you got the the fuel tank upgrade in Mass Effect Two. You somehow lose that in this game also, which is like, hey, come on. Come well, on, game. To be fair, like they they did a lot of retrofitting on the Normandy, and I wouldn't be surprised if they were like, "Oh, let's get this." Yeah, uh, you know, let let you know, or they could have been like, "Oh, let's get this aftermarket fuel." Ex- you know, let, we'll put a proper one on here, and then of course you take off before they could have done that. So. I mean, I think there's like narrative reasons that it could be like that. I'm just annoyed. Like, come on, give me. Oh yeah, like yeah. give me the rollover credit here. So it's it's not standard yeah. issue, you know. So they're like, gotta get rid of it. Okay, I, I all souped I just, up. I think we've already talked about this. I just really don't like what they did to the planet scanning in this game. Yeah, I agree. It's it's real. Yeah, now. it's it's not fun to explore. No, and no. and and like even then, like I have a like I have like a, a 
a, like a notepad window open where I'm tracking which which systems did I go to? Where did the thing ping? Yeah, so I can go back and find it when I need to go back and find it. Like it's it's too much work. <laughs> it is, yeah. And to be like you know to have that one last, you're like seventy five percent in a system. You know it's a stupid fuel tank, but the reapers are on your ass, and so you're trying to like sweep through and find it without getting caught, like over and over. I just. I mean, or, or you, yeah, I mean, I guess you could do what you're doing, Nick, which is like, I'll write it down. I'll come back later. But it, both outcomes kind of suck, especially oh, to get yeah. fuel tank. Uh, I don't know. It's just like, it was such a chill in Mass Effect 2 in particular. It was just such a nice chill, like downtime thing you could do in between missions. Like, oh, I'm just going to listen right. to this and cool the- vibe music and look at planets for a minute. And now it's just I, I guess. Well, I guess maybe that's kind of the point is like, there is no chill downtime when the reapers are attacking like i mean even you go to this like this you go to the citadel and that's like the chillest coolest place and it's like okay like yeah you can stay here but all you're doing is like just avoiding what's out there because you know what's out there and they even make a point to say like nobody here is acting like there's a problem like very clearly like things are messed up and everybody here is acting like just business going on as normal because it hasn't affected them yet yeah i just i want my gwent in a game in a game this long like i want my downtime thing which you know gwent or whatever it is like i I get it like narratively it makes sense i you know it's i get the message and it works it works in theme of the game but it also is just like just we just can't challenge the reapers to gwent right yeah (laughs) they put they put the poker table in the Normandy. Like right? they should have at least given you an option. Like you know, uh, you know, like poker. Was it poker night at the? Uh, what was the the? What was it the Telltale game that uh, where you could play poker? Like you know, put that uh, in there. Yeah, even, uh, yeah. Even if it's just regular poker, like it doesn't have to be like you know some kind of like you know Gwent or uh, right space poker. You know, yeah, like you know, no, it could just be Earth poker. I don't care. I, <laughs> I, mean, I, I just poker. want to challenge the magic and just you know just play some magic. There you go. <laughs> I think space poker is just normal Earth poker, but with those cards with like the paper shape from Battlestar Galactica. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, maybe instead of like Texas Hold'em, it's like Tuchanka Hold'em. Mm-hmm. They could, they could put the United States Republic card game in here with a Pazak, I think it is. Yes, that's what I was trying to think of. There Thank you. you. There you go. Yeah. Again, anyway. Yeah. Then, but, well, you know, actually come to think of it, we did have the uh, the gambling game in the first game. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, you could go and, and do, and you could kind of gamble in the second game on the Varen pit. So I guess yep. that's what's missing from this game is any sort of uh, it's fun. It's, there's it's there in the Citadel DLC. There's like a tiny little bit where you're in a casino and can oh. can do some very brief gambling participation. Oh, I, if you miss be, it. I forgot about they had that. To add that in the DLC. Yep, yep. See, that should. I'm that looking should forward right to front. replaying the Citadel DLC. Remember, that would be my favorite part of the game. It's good. It's really good. I'm like halfway through it. Anyway, we are so far afield. Are, uh, yes. Bombs, Victus, or oh, Little Vicky, as I'm calling his son. <laughs> little Vicky. <laughs> little Vicky. <laughs> yeah, so. Oh, Ballad of Little Vicky. You yeah. Do it, yeah. Vicky. <laughs> yeah. You got Victus and, little, and his son, Little Vicky. Um, yeah, I... I, yeah, he has a good moment, but why the bomb is there? Also, why did the Turians put this stupid bomb here? Like, this is and and how did the Krogan not find it? Like, it's big, it's a massive bomb. It is huge. Well, I, I assume that like because I think Cerberus had already like dug it out, so it was not That's like a just because yeah. when, yeah, when yeah, you yeah. get there, there's like a whole crane like scaffolding around it, and the bomb is elevated. That's and okay. there's like a giant crater. Like, uh, so I assume it was like in the planet buried, and like Krogan were just. But I mean, that's still impressive that like the Krogan never thought to dig. <laughs> I mean, you've got a lot of planet to cover, so if it's buried, I think that helps a lot. But yeah, it's just. But you would still think. Well, I, I was going to say you would think that with like. Uh, orbiting satellites and mapping and you know like uh, or a, a metal detector <laughs> well <laughs> well yeah how to destroy their planet is i don't think a metal detector is gonna find it but. yeah yeah and i guess their whole planet is like wrecked so like signs of trauma in a spot you're gonna see those all over the map that's yeah that's still i mean I, i'm just trying to think though like as far as like because i mean i'm trying to think what's around it and maybe there's not that much around it but yeah. like i'm just imagining like a big dirt patch like, you know, like you can tell, like if, if you know, right. somebody like digs, digs a hole in your backyard, buries something and puts the dirt over it, you can see like, oh, like, uh, you know, unless they did a really good job, like lifting the grass and then putting it back. But, um, 
you know, like you're going to be like, oh, hey, like something's here. This doesn't look right. Uh, you know, for something this, and maybe that's the thing. It's so big. You would never, it, like, you never think like there's got to be something buried under here of that size. Yeah. Um, but that's still an undertaking. And I, I, the only thing I can think is that they, they knew exactly where on the planet, like, there's not that many Krogans here. We can kind of come in and bury it right here. And it's not anywhere near a population center. But the explosive, the radius, the explosion will still hit some major areas. Like you said, it takes out like a third of the Krogan populace or something. Something like that, yeah. And I wonder if someone actually has probably seen this bomb, but they're so used to bombs just being lying around to chunk. They're like, eh, bomb. Oh, well, I've seen a hunter back in the other This is a big bomb. Well, the thing is, you might see it and you might not think it's a bomb. You might just think it's some superstructure. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I, I mean, how did the Turians get it there in the first place, too? It's a big bomb. Amazon. <laughs> Asked and answered. Second time this episode. All right. Uh, new theory. Jeff Bezos is the elusive man. <laughs> I don't know. He might get done a little better. I mean, if he was the elusive man, you'd think he could at least get into space. No. Oh. Oh, oh, he's got till 2184. He's got time. Sure. That's a good point. Yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, it, it is a huge, huge bomb. And yeah, it does raise a lot more questions than it seems to answer. It does. Yeah. Then again, the, o- the only question that a bomb needs to answer is, does it go boom or not? So that is true. That is true. But, um, but yeah, no, it, it is good. I guess that you and, Vic, you know, little Vicky has his, his little hero moment. So. Right. And it's, I guess it's nice in the sense that, you know, like as I was saying earlier, like, you know, what if, what if Victus didn't like his kid? Like, it's obvious that Victus is affected by this when you come back, which is to say maybe he didn't like his kid, but he's at least acting like he should as a, you know, concerned. Or he's parent. like, hell yeah, um, at least he got his honor. At least I have can say some of us, the kid now. Yeah. Well, that's, though, that's what I was going to say is that he's like, you know, like, yeah, he's, he's a little, he's proud of his kid, and, and it kind of, it does make you wonder a little bit, like maybe he wasn't like, he knew that his kid didn't have honor before. And now it's like, well, now he died and he died, you know, a hero's death. That's all a dad can ask for. And yeah, maybe there, I don't know. I, I, I shouldn't be hating on like Victus, the, the Primark Victus. He seems like a nice guy. I don't want to be all like, oh yeah, he was like. You know, he 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 intentionally sacrificed his kid to yeah. save his family honor. We, we don't know his family um, life. We don't go with back that backstory part. You know, private. Oh, and and I mean the other the other side of that too is if you think about it, I mean Victus the Elder is such a you know he's regarded as a wild card, and that's always what made him, um, you know, it made him rise through the ranks quickly. But it also made him a little bit suspicious, you know, suspected by other like politicians and generals, and you know, like he's, you know, he's got a very noteworthy reputation that the younger Victus could struggle to live up to. And then that's the kind of thing that can put you into a position where you're like, well, what would dad do? Well, I'm not dad. And then like, you know, then yeah. you wind up getting your squad killed because you're dealing with your own father issues, yep. which as we've established, you know, the, a lot of aliens have father issues in this game. Vic, the younger Victus seems like he would have been a good candidate to like join Shepard at some point, And then Shepard could have like mentored him properly. It's true. Well, you know, and I mean, he does like like his sacrifice moment. It works. It it's it sells well in the game. I feel like you feel bad for him. It's weird that you get an email from Primark Victus like after he leaves your ship about this, like thanking you. It's just sort of a bizarre like little detail of this. He just that, like, you're, you're a, right here, bud. Yeah, how can I write a person? Like, hey, bud. It's like, nah. Or maybe he's like, shit, forgot to talk to you about my son. Uh, yes. I mean, he does. I think he's, he acknowledges it a little bit if you talk to him after the fact, but it's just weird that he also like emails you. It's that formality. When you leave somebody's ship, you send them a thank you card. I guess so. so. Oh, of course. Yeah, I should have known. But yeah, so then real quickly here at the end of this part that, uh, yeah, so Shepard does return to the ship rattled. Uh, and Liara talks a bit about the losses on the mission. Uh, and then Shepard mentions that he's tired of people dying. Uh, Javik makes a comment. Uh, oh, this was in the shuttle for me. That's right. This is because I brought Liara and Javik on the mission. So uh, Liara is the one who talked about the losses and Javik is the one who says like, at least he died an honorable death. And Shepard gets like all indignant at that point. Like, you know, like, no, no death is better than an honorable death. Like, you know, he's, he's tired of losing people. You can see it's starting to affect him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then uh, you get back to the Normandy and Hackett, you know, he's, he's satisfied. He's like, okay, you took care of the bomb. That's great. But again, like the, you know, we're still trying to get the Turians and the Krogans to work together here. So you got to, you know, keep everything 
uh, you know, copacetic between the two of them. Um, and so, so far the Krogans have blocked, uh, Deturian's access to the bomb site for recovery. Uh, and then of course you go down and Rex and Primarch Victus are fighting in the war room. So Shepard has well. to yell at them and be like, you know, get on the same page guys. One thing that I want to ask Shepard doesn't tell Rex about the bomb when he learns about it, that, or, mm-hmm. or did you, right? Cause I don't think, I don't think you're given the choice on that. Like you, you you're, you're just like, I don't believe you are Rex. like, I feel like I and tried like, and it was not something that was in the dialogue wheel for me to bring up. No. And so does that, to me, that felt like a bit of a violation of like Shepard and Rex's relationship. Like, I understand why you wouldn't want to tell the Krogan leader, like, hey, there's a bomb on your planet that we have to defuse. But at the same time, it's like, I feel like Shepard could have gone to Rex and be like, look, like, don't freak out. I'll handle this. Right, right. Like, and even then, like, at the very least, Rex could have been like, okay, you know what? Like, I trust you, Shepard, but like, at least let me, like, try to evacuate some of the people in the area around there. I mean, as much as you can when your planet's under Reaper attack, but yeah. Um, you know, at least like kind of be, you know, or maybe even provide some kind of support or be, you know, the other thing too is like Shepard is be like, Rex, why are you letting Cerberus hang out on your planet so much? Right. Maybe right. that's, maybe that's the problem is like Rex being on the ship server. <laughs> Cerberus is capitalizing on that. Like nobody's paying attention. As yeah. You should be should. down there fighting Cerberus. Like he does. I mean, like, he's proven, he's got a proven track record of success. That's fair. But, but yeah, yeah no, so you can't all- tell him. And I was like, bud, I was like, I got to tell my bro. I got to tell Rex. James is like, nope. Yeah, and that was a bit surprising because th- I feel like in most instances, this game does a pretty good job about like is if there's a decision to be made, the game lets you make that decision. Even if it's like a token thing where like, yo, yeah, maybe you choose to do something and then like ultimately it doesn't matter because like events right. kind of force things to go the other way. Like, But they at least let you go down that path just so like you can, you know, explore it. Whereas here it's just like, no, you, you're not, you're not, you're not telling Rex and it's like, Dude, like she- Shepard and Rex, is, you know, they're tight. Like, they're bros. Yeah, yeah. After if Rex survives Vermeer, like, you know, you you guys are like blood brothers at that point basically. Yeah. So, yeah, so I th- I think that basically sets up the first part of Tuchanka here. At this point there's a few missions we need to do. We need to head back to the Citadel, take care of some business on the Citadel, take care of a few other missions out in space, and then we get to come back and Deal with the Genophage and the Shroud and Eve and Morden and so much more. A lot of baggage to take coming. care of this game. This is all, I mean, I would say, I guess like as far as how this game is divided up, like it really depends. Like you get a different collection of people in the war room mm-hmm. and like after the, the coming to Chanka mission, like everybody leaves your war room and you got to repopulate your war room again. So it's like, I don't know if I would call this like the first like chapter or the first act. I guess like act. This is like the end of act one that's coming up. Yeah. Does that sound right? right. Either act one or act two. I I, I don't know how you want to break it up. But yeah, it's yeah probably the end of the first act. It feels like it too in the game. Yeah. So I say that and then we'll find out there's like five acts or more than five acts. No. The whole structure won't matter, but I don't know. Um, There's 20 acts. there could be. There could be. And you have my axe. But, <laughs> but uh that said, that said, let's yeah. go ahead. Let let's wrap up here. And then as I said, next time we'll we'll go back to the Citadel. We'll see how Caden or Ashley are doing. And uh Maybe find some more friends we haven't seen in a while. That is very true. There's always friends to be found on the Citadel. And that said. Thank you to Jarrett for producing and editing, and thank you for downloading and listening. We are at Squad Goals N7 on Twitter, also at the MASH Network. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mash those buttons. Also, YouTube at youtube.com slash mash those buttons. Chip, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at WD. It's where double Y-E-W-D-E-E, maybe on Twitch every once in a while. Uh, and here on the MASH Network on Wondrous Tales, where we talk about Final Fantasy XIV every couple of weeks. Maybe. Cora, where can folks find you? They can find me on Twitter at Kurabaras, K-U-R-A-B-A-R-A-S, or on twitch.tv slash Kurabara. You can also find me occasionally talking about Apex Legends on Dropping Spicy, and you can follow us on Twitter at Dropping Spicy. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got right now that I can think of. Probably something I'm forgetting. How about you, Nick? You can find me here on the Mash Those Buttons Network on WoW Talks, talking about Warcraft news and guild management. 
and also over on the Torn and the Goblin talking about Warcraft story and lore. Join the Mash Those Buttons community on Discord at mash.gg slash Discord and email us your thoughts or questions. Let us know what you think about Tuchanka and if Rex should have been told and, uh, you know, your opinions on Little Vicky. Uh, email us at squadgoals at mash.gg. And if you enjoyed this episode and would like to help us out, please share it and rate it if you can. And visit mtb.gg slash support to see all the ways you can support Mash Those Buttons and all our great podcasts, including on Patreon, where you can support this show by joining Squad Goals membership at $1.25 per episode or $5 a month. Or you can provide general support for $2 per month. And you can also check out our Humble Bundle affiliate link where you can get codes for Steam, Epic Game Store, Uplay, and more. Or check out our PayPal one-time donation link over at mtb.gg slash support. And stay tuned to hear about other shows on the Mash Those Buttons network. For Chip and Kura, I'm Nick, and I should go. See you, Commander. This is my favorite podcast on the network. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out mashthosebuttons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash mashthosebuttons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash mash those buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 